0: Welcome to Not Your Mother Sex Ed, a podcast that covers all things sexual health and education in a safe and inclusive environment. Made by youth for youth. We're bridging the gaps in our community by breaking down the stereotypical sex ed conversation. You can expect laughter, honesty, and informative conversations. Basically, we've got you covered for everything your mom didn't teach you. So, hello everyone, it's Sierra and Quine from Rise here, and we're joined on this episode of the podcast by Oyenda Alaka. Oyenda is an activist and community organizer who has over seven years of experience in community organizing. Her extensive work in this area of community development, campaign planning, and implementation, as well as events organization, has made her a community asset and a leader. An intersectional feminist and recipient of the twenty nineteen Manitoba Human Rights Sybil Shack Award. Oyenda brings significant insight to a wide array of topics, and today we are very fortunate to have her join us to discuss sexuality, gender, and culture. Oyenda, thank you so very much for joining us today. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. Um, I'm excited to be here today. I'm very grateful for
1: the opportunity. And I must say that intro makes me sound so good. So thank you.
0: We're always trying to speak to what we know, and we're very, very honored to have you. So we'll just get right into it. Um, how did you discover your passion for activism and gender identity work? Well, I have to say it started for me
1: um, with the same-sex marriage prohibition act of 2014 in nigeria and also doing a lot of unlearning and relearning on my understanding of gender sexuality religion and colonialism and how all of that intersectionality um how, how all of those things both like play a role in my understanding of um, sexual identity and gender identity.
2: Great, awesome. This is Sierra. Um, what has been the most inspiring project that you've worked on to date? So the most inspiring project I've worked on today has to be my undergrad
1: thesis, which looked at an individual named Bob Brisky, who is a uh, a celebrity in Nigeria who is very public about um, they their a cross dresser and they're very public about their identity and. Um, sometimes they claim to be man, sometimes they claim to be woman, and they have this um, flexibility and ambiguity in their identity. So it was like the first time that we really had like a person who was public about their identity in Nigeria, and that stirred a lot of commotion. So on my undergrad thesis, I looked at the role of social media and accessibility to Bob Risky and the understanding of um, gender and sexual identities
0: in Nigeria. That's such important work. Um, in the work that you do, we understand that there are likely barriers in forming discussions around culture and sexual education and health. So, could you tell us more about some barriers you found when making discussions around culture and sexual education and health? What makes it difficult? What do you foresee that these barriers are going to be removed in the coming years? So, um, I should have mentioned this from the start, but a lot of my answers are going to be
1: based on my culture of being a Nigerian and being a Yoruba person, because of a a lot of the work I do regarding gender and sexuality is very based on Nigerian culture. So I'm not going to have a lot of like not American opinions or views or things to say. But in terms of barriers, I want to say, first of all, is the access to education, religion, access to social media and lack of decolonized thinking because due to Nigeria being a colonized country, a lot of people don't have that cultural knowledge of how we have multiple forms of gender and sexual expressions, which are part of our culture. But people think there's only a binary way of identifying, which is the Western notion of Western cultures. So because there is all the barriers, with lack of um, access to cultural knowledge, cultural education, majority of the education that people get or people have is colonized education so because of that people don't have access or don't think outside of western notions of gender and sexuality
2: and what do you think are the key things that need to change in order for education regarding these identities to be considered less taboo in cultures
1: well there needs to be decolonization so in nigeria no one's really talking about decolonization and neither is there like a um, a public movement to decolonize our knowledge or decolonize our understanding. So at first and foremost, there needs to be decolonization and then there needs to be an acknowledgement of the fact that a lot of the knowledge that we teach and we know is colonized knowledge. So how do we go back to our actual knowledge and that pre-colonial knowledge or notions or ways of thinking and living?
0: So when you're working with, as you mentioned, your own culture, what do you find is some common reasons for why sexual education from this perspective is not discussed as openly? Um, I know you mentioned the colonial aspect, but are there anecdotal bits uh, or themes that you're finding when you are interacting with people?
1: Yes, a lot of people say um, it's against the Bible or this is Uh, a western notion as I said before so a lot of the arguments are like the Sodom and Gomorrah argument of the bible and how people um, how God turned a whole place into salt because people were practicing multiple forms of sexual expression so a lot of people say oh this is against the bible we can't practice it it's a sin so therefore we can't identify or think this way
2: Mhm in our consultation religion and culture were cited as some of the themes that participants felt mm-hmm. they could not talk about things like gender and sexuality openly um do you have any suggestions for how that might be made easier to have those conversations for sure i think first of all you need to acknowledge why
1: uh, why people find have such a difficult time having this type of conversations and then once you acknowledge that then you have to educate yourself first because if you're going to try to educate other people on a certain topic you have to make sure you yourself have a certain amount of knowledge regarding that topic you have to understand what statements are people making what arguments are people making what are their why statements why why are they saying this is a taboo and then have your research or your knowledge or your stance on those statements as a comeback from when did you make that statement and then you have to find someone who is open-minded because you always need an ally preferably an elder if you're dealing with a certain community as you know people are more likely to listen to elders over someone who's younger so in those situations make sure you're fully and well educated and make sure you're finding an elder who's open-minded and then approaching them with that topic and then having that elder with you, if you do decide to have this on a more bigger platform or on a more open discussion.
0: Just saying, going a little off book here, you're mentioning elders. Is that something that you have found has helped you in your activism work? And do you find that in if you do interact and work with elders of certain communities, are they coming back to you later for more insight or awareness or wanting you to talk to another group potentially? It's been a mix of everything.
1: Um, there's been a lot of I'm still struggling. It's still a struggle to have this kind of conversations in the Nigerian community in Winnipeg because people still come with this like Western or religious notion or the notion that this isn't part of our culture. But um I found like people that are somewhere between they're considered, they're not as old and old enough to be considered elders, elders, but there is somewhat of an elder in some specific spaces and those people tend to be open-minded. And I've found that they're more likely to be like, hey, let's do an event regarding this, or hey, I want you to speak to this group of people. So I found like the, and my definition of elder that has worked for me hasn't been like the old, old, old people, but people like, in their 60s they've also been people whose children have identified as um, queer so
2: Mm -hmm. and this is looking more at the educational aspect but outside of the classroom what more do you think can be done to ensure people are able to have open conversations around sexuality and gender outside of classroom i definitely think there needs to be more spaces so for
1: example more events or even like you know with like advertisements, because like advertisements is a huge way people get knowledge and get education. So what type of representation are we having in uh, the forms, various forms of advertisements we have across the city? So ensuring that um, representation is there and ensuring that we're promoting diverse representation, ensuring that when we're hosting events, we're promoting events that foster spaces and we're creating safe spaces for people to have these conversations.
0: Great. Looking more at, you know, the contents of the curriculum as it exists now, what are some common areas of sexual or gender identity that you feel are most commonly left out or glossed over, say, in the in the curriculum that's made available to children and youth here in Manitoba?
1: Okay, so I only went through um, one semester of grade nine and no, sorry. One semester of grade 10 and grade 11 and 12 in Manitoba. So a lot of my education is from Nigeria, not really from Manitoba. But I would say for my two years in the educational system here, there is a lack of um, education on the history of gender and sexuality because I believe for for anything you're ever doing, it's important that people understand the historical context and how that affects today's society because there's always a history to everything. And people if people don't understand the historical context of a certain topic or subject then they don't they don't understand the magnitude of their actions that they they're taking today or the roles they're playing today. Another thing I also noticed in my two years was like there was lack of safe sex education for everyone so it was very a binary and heterosexual form of safe sex education and even with the sex education there wasn't really education teaching you how to use the various forms of practicing safe sex for example how to use a condom or things like that or um your different forms of contraceptive like i never had that education i had to teach myself those things so i think oh there's a huge gap in our education system from my experience but i also finished high school in 2014 so i'm not sure if things have changed over the last six years but that's something that I know it happened when I was in high school.
2: Mm-hmm. And jumping off that, how do you think that we can create safe spaces to have more open discussions about sexuality and gender? How would that be created?
1: Well, people can start by creating events. So like create events that like people are more likely to come to. For example, you can host like a poetry night and maybe one aspect of, um, of the night would be talking about the history of gender and sexuality, or have someone write a poem or a spoken word regarding their personal experiences with gender and sexuality. But I've noticed like art and theater is a great way to start conversation. So having little pits, you have to start inserting things little by little before you have a bigger conversation. So having those little forms of art pieces or art spaces, would be a great way for people to start conversations and then um, create bigger forms of education.
0: Wonderful. So are there any projects that you're currently working on? And if not, are there any projects that you most recently just wrapped up related to your activism work that you'd like to share with us?
1: Well, right now I'm not doing anything regarding my gender and sexuality activism work, um, but hopefully next year I hope to pick everything back up. I really hope to create more academic knowledge because um, another thing I opened, I noticed during my undergraduate degree was there was a huge gap in the amount of academic knowledge that was available regarding gender sexual identities, whether it be in Nigeria or other African countries. So I definitely would love to create those type of knowledge. So that's what I'm looking forward to working on.
2: And how do you think an intersectional lens can help us examine some of the barriers that people face in having these open discussions about sexuality and gender?
1: Well, first and foremost, I think intersectionality will help us acknowledge why and how these barriers exist in the first place. Because oftentimes when people in the West are talking about homophobia in um, the global South, they often come up come at it with this like colonial mindset like oh why are they homophobic like they don't understand how homophobia came to be they don't acknowledge or understand that homophobia is a western ideology and western concept that was introduced to many indigenous cultures across the world so intersectionality helps us acknowledge and understand these barriers why are people homophobic how can we how can we bring education to them how can we help them unlearn this concept of homophobia. So intersectionality helps us understand all the various barriers by acknowledging all the various forms of oppression or privileges that people have in terms of access to education or access to critical thinking or access to different ideologies.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so clear that you have so, so, so much knowledge. Um, are there any resources or articles that you think listeners should maybe look into if they're interested in learning more about this topic? For sure. Again, as I said, all of
1: my resources are very Nigerian. But there is a book, Mm -hmm. the first recent book, I would say, a publication called She Called Me Woman. And it's a collection of personal stories of female identifying people that live in Nigeria, talking about their experiences, whether identifying as a lesbian, bisexual, or transgender woman in Nigeria. So I definitely advise people to read that book called She Called Me Woman. I'd also advise people to go on Twitter and um, engage. There's a lot of work being done on Twitter. Um, Twitter is like, I wish Twitter was, was, uh, was a resource you could quote in many academic papers because there's a lot of work being done on Twitter. But you could also find out about people, for example, there's a writer named... Aweke Amezi, who is a transgender person. They um, live in the U.S., but they're Nigerian, and you can support their work, and they do write about their experiences as a trans- transgender Nigerian. So there's a lot of things happening on Twitter, but you could also check out Nasty Boy magazine on Twitter, too, and check out Zikoko magazine, too.
2: Yeah, that'd be wonderful. I I definitely agree with that sentiment about Twitter, and is there a way for listeners that can follow your work or just follow you in general? I'm on every single social media platform.
1: And it's basically just my full name. So Oyenda Mal- Alaka, on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram.
2: Awesome. Um, well, I think those are all the questions that we had to ask. But thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast, Oyenda. You offered some really great insight into some of the barriers that people might face in having open discussions about sexuality and gender and some really great suggestions on what can be done to be make having these conversations a bit easier and more accessible to everyone. I know from Quan and I that this was very helpful and I'm sure that our listeners will also think the same. So we wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Thank you so much and thank you for the privilege and opportunities to speak. Thanks for listening to Not Your Mother's
0: Sex Ed. Let us know what you thought by sharing a review. You can subscribe and share our episodes through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Connect with us on Instagram at NYMsexEd or NotYourMotherSsexEd.com.